Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Scottish Clans Podcast. I'm Clint Edwards, and I'm glad that you're joining me today. Today might be a shorter podcast, and rather than telling a story, which I think is a very popular form of this podcast, where we get into maybe talking about a battle or a feud between two clans or a group of clans, I'm going to share with you an answer to a question that you may have had before, something that if you've done any studying on the history of the Scottish families and kindreds and clans, you may have noticed something in which may have sparked a question. Now, for those of you who really liked the Clan Hatton podcast where we went into detail about a particular group of kindreds and talked about how they were related to each other, and and I did mention that that's part of maybe a series of clan clusters that I'm going to talk about. And in, in not necessarily confederations of clans, but maybe we'll talk about some of these really big clans that had a lot of branches. So I just want you to know that I haven't forgot about that. I'm not leaving it in the in the wastebasket of ideas. But today I just I came on to something that I thought was interesting, and I thought maybe you'd like to know it too. As you saw in the title, I'm going to talk about the difference between the Mac and the O surnames. Now. I'm getting most of my information from a book that I've mentioned several times before, but there's a, it's a thick book. There's a lot in it, and I've just found it really helpful for understanding a lot about the Scottish clans, and that is the book called Kinship, Church, and Culture, Collected Essays and Studies by John W. M. Bannerman. All right, so you, might, you may have noticed as you've studied Scottish history, if you've been getting into your clans, even if you haven't gotten really deep into it, you may have noticed that you don't see in Scotland, despite a a common Gaelic background with Ireland, you notice that you don't see a lot of O surnames in Scotland. And, And of the ones that you do see today, a lot of those come from Irish immigrants in more recent years. Let me give you an example would be David O'Hara. He played Stephen of Ireland in Braveheart, and he's been in other movies too. Um, one particular as a, as a Western guy that I like was Crossfire Trail, which is a film adaptation of Louis L'Amour's novel. He was in that one with Tom Selleck. Anyway, David O'Hara with the O, he is from Scotland. But I believe he comes from a more recent movement of people from Ireland. Not a, that's not an ancient native Scottish name. So we see this difference between, even though ancient Ireland and Scotland, especially the Gaelic-speaking parts of Scotland, share this common cultural background, we do notice a difference that you just don't see the O prefix of the surname very often at all in Scotland, especially not in a native context. And, and I just want to make a short explanation. And if you've heard the very early episodes of this podcast, you'll know that not all of Scotland has Gallic roots. There are parts, parts of Scotland that never were a strong Gallic-speaking area. So specifically, the one that comes to mind for me is Southeast Scotland. Now that, that I know of, that, that went from the indigenous Celtic language spoken by the native Britons to an old, old form of English that the Angles of Northumbria, Northumbria brought into there. So I don't, I don't know that, that Gaelic was ever really established in Southeast England. 
and there might maybe some other parts of Scotland that we could refer to that as. But at one point in time, Gaelic was was most of Scotland was speaking that. I'm talking about maybe well, actually, a time period that we're going to get into talking about in this episode. We're talking about the 11th century, 12th century would would have been high marks of how much of Scotland was speaking Gaelic. Now, so why do we not see the O much in Scotland where we see it all the time in Ireland? Ireland seems to have a healthy mix of Mac and O prefixes on their surnames. And so I'm going to share with you what I've got from Bannerman here in this book that I mentioned. And But I'm not going to just regurgitate what I found in the book, although I might give you a link to the book on the Scottish clan's Facebook page. So if you want to check that out, um, maybe a link to the... I, I bought it off of... I think I bought it off of Amazon. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I got it from Amazon. So I'll put a link to it on there. So I'm not just going to regurgitate what I found in that book. I'm also going to add some things that I've seen in there. Maybe a little bit of a contradiction, a very, very, very small one to something that Bannerman claims in here. So... He starts off by saying that he well, he notes the difference between there's different f- methods or or uses of s- the surname and one's as a surname itself. But we want to go back originally, and it and it was still used this way up into fairly recent times. The O or the Mac was a, a an identifier. So you live in this community, and you know well which Dunacha is this guy because I know three Dunachas. Well. He is the son of Seamus, and so it'd be McCamish, right? The, the genitive form of Seamus, or, or the, the Gallic version of James. Seamus, the, the genitive form of that shows possess, possession, son of. So you take the H, which really doesn't function so much as a letter as it does kind of an accent mark in other languages. So you drop it down in by the S, and the S goes away. And instead of Mac Seamus, you have McCamish. So... And now this Dunacha, the son of James, Dunacha McCamish. So now we know which Dunacha that is, and we're not getting him confused with Dunacha, the son of Donal or MacDonald. So that that's as a identifier. Now the other way that we use this is more of like a title, and the and the form the word that Bannerman uses is style. So we have we. It's, it's a title of their position within the ruling family of a clan. We'll use this. So the one of the examples that Bannerman uses is in Ireland, the MacLachlan kings of Canal Nogan. So, or no, uh, the, the, the seed of Owen. So the, these kings, that, that son of Lachlan, even if they weren't actually sons of, of Lachlan, they were farther down the family tree, they would still use that as a style or a title as their, as their position. And then later it emerges from that into just being used as a surname. This is his last name. It differentiates him from other people and, and identifies him as a member of this kindred, not as an actual son of Lachlan or whatever other example you're using. Another example that Bannerman uses in here are the McCarthys. Now we're talking Ireland still, right? The McCarthys were kings of Desmond down in southwest Ireland. So <clears throat> the... Uh, 
the origin, the time period that we're talking about with this goes back to the 11th century. And that's where he starts to pull these examples of. And during this time, there are two competing forms. Now, let me tell you actually the background of Mac and O. O comes from Ua, which is U-A, and it, in Gaelic, that just means grandson. Mac, as most of you probably already know, is just is the Gaelic way of saying son of. It's there. Literally, that's what it means, is son of. And in the 11th century, the Ua and the, and the Mac version of this were competing forms. So they were used contemporaneously, they were contemporary of each other, used at the same time. The, and he does mention, though, that the Ua or the O might be a earlier use. It comes, comes on the scene earlier. Now the Mac, rather than just going straight from, from Mac, meaning just son, literally son of, let's say, Donald, it actually went through a period where it, whenever you see it used as a style or a title, it was Mac Mech. So we're talking Mac M A C Mech M E I C. <clears throat> and so if you see something like and he uses this, he he gets in talking about this. The whole article is not on surnames. The the article that this or this essay that he this particular part of this book's on is about the Macduff clan who were the Earls of Fife. And, and so we can have several, they claim descent from. So this is relevant. Going back to our last episode, we're talking about the Macintoshes and where they come from. The Macintoshes claim descent from the Macduff Earls of Fife. So this would be relevant to their genealogy here. So the Macduffs, the, he goes back, where are they actually, who's the original name founder of this kindred? And is actually somebody that was in the king list of Scotland, a guy named Duve. That it's a D-U-B, but the B has a sound shift into kind of a V, which in the case of Macduff eventually becomes an F. But we see Macduff er, is the son of this king, Duv, who, who's from this royal combination of Picts and Dalry, the Pictish families and the, their royal families and the royal leading kindreds of Dalriada, the early Gallic speaking kingdom in the that comes out of like the 500s. So we're going way back with this. Okay, their royal lines between the Dalriada kingdom and the Picts, they intermarry. Eventually there's one heir to both thrones. We see this in the first is Kenneth MacAlpin, but we but it's, at first he's acknowledged as king of the Picts, but we're seeing this is the beginning of maybe a, or it might have been even a couple generations when they have the the heirs to this throne flee to Ireland and come back, and that's where we may have have seen a really solid shift to you know whereas it might have gone Pictish Gaelic, I don't know, a very solid shift here to the Gaelic becoming the cultural dom, culturally dominant influence here in Scotland, and that gives rise to that high point of. Gallic influence in Scotland and where it was spoken stems from this, this time period. So from this line of kings, you have one of them is Duve. And so the Macduffs are claiming, you know, they're descended from the, from Duve. But originally, it wasn't, they didn't just go straight to Macduve or Macduff. We see it early on as Mac Mech using this form. So you're saying, I am, so rather than saying... So at, at first, it can literally mean, it's an identifier. It means son of, the son of so-and-so. So let's just make up a name for an example here. 
we would say it could mean oh, what's a good good Gallic name. You see that uh, let's we we could go um, John, so we'll go Yoin. So we we would say instead of saying Ua, which just means grandson, we would say, and so in, or instead of saying Yoin Mac Hamish Mac Ushton. Ushton was a, a Gallic name that you don't see that that much anymore. Instead of saying X son of Y son of Z, Yoin Makemish Makushtin, you see, you see, Yoin Mac Makushtin, and you just drop out the middle generation altogether. Mac Makushtin. Now this becomes from an identifying changes from an identifier of just who is my granddad. We're going to actually a style. So you have the Mac becomes a the Macushtin becomes becomes the kind of the style and you're saying I am the son of the Macushtin. Right? So it's I'm not saying I'm grandson anymore. We see this and then eventually it becomes a surname. So you see this Mac Mech form and Ua coming out of the same time period, like the eleventh century, we start to see it in the annals. Um, and then we see it change to a title and then to a surname. So we see this with Ua in the Annals of Ulster in the early 900s, actually, to, to start just using as an identifier. And, that, and in this case, we just replace, instead of saying X son of Y son of Z, we see X the grandson of Z. And this is, I'm using Bannerman language here. This is kind of how he explains it. And, it, and by the way, just to be really specific with my citing, I gave you the book and the author. I'm on page 240, 241, that range in there, if you actually, actually ever actually get the book. Um, it starts at the top of society. Sorry for saying um there, by the way. So it start, this starts at the top of society. So in Scotland, to give you an idea, so the, I told you the Macduffs claim descent from one of these early Scottish kings. Early. Before we're even using the word Scotland. <clears throat> and they, are, they remain very closely tied to the royal family. And so that explains their position as earls of Fife. You know, they weren't the early, only earls or Mormares. Mormare was an earlier title of kind of a change to earl. They weren't the only ones in Scotland, but they become kind of the premier ones. So we're starting at the very top of Scottish society. Same in, in Ireland. And, and then it spreads from there. In Ireland, the examples, like I mentioned earlier, are the McCarthy's kings of Desmond and the McLaughlin kings of Canal Nogan. Okay, so it starts at the top of society and, and moves down. And it went, it went back and forth in Ireland. So for a while, you see the form go to Ua and then back to Mac Mech and then eventually to just Mac. But in Scotland... By the early 12th century, we're seeing this the surname solidify, and we haven't seen the Ua form really catch on in Scotland, with a couple of exceptions. Now, so we're moving to the 12th, early 12th century, early 1100s, and we see the surnames actually start to solidify. Now, let me use an example that he uses on page 241. He's talking about. Let me let me just give you the quote. He says. Quote, there's evidence to suggest that Makaida was the style and surname of the Mormares of Ross by the early 12th century. 
Makeda. Now, you'll see this written in histories as Maketh, M-A-C-H-E-T-H. And I'm, I could go to the actual phonetic alphabet there, but I'm not going to do it. Just that's so the Maketh, that's, that's how Makeda is expressed in a lot of the old records. Now, this is interesting. The, so these are the, the Mormares of Ross would later turn to the Earls of Ross, right? In the early 12th century, Makeda. Now, what happens here? The Mekaidas, this ruling family, this Mormares of Ross, they team up with the McWilliams, and they rebel against the Scottish king. Actually, they're very closely tied by blood to him and have a claim to the throne. And that rebellion is squashed. And the Mekaida kindred, they have to find somewhere else to go. So the, the, the story is, and I don't know how solidly this is backed up, and there is some work on this that I might give you a clue to here in a second. Makaida's got to get, they, they lost the fight, so where are they going to resettle? Somebody else is going to get the the title of, and the position of Mormare of Ross, or later Earl of Ross. Where do the Makaida's go? Well, the story is that they flee north, north and maybe northwest a little bit, to the area called Strathnaver. And they settle there, and that area is controlled at the time by Harold Maddison. Now, this ties, we're starting to tie in with gun history, Clan Gun. If you want to go back to that episode, where I talk about the Gun versus Keith feud. And, and one, of the, one of the versions that I've seen of their, where the guns come from ties in with Harold Maddison, the Mormare of Caithness, who at this time is an enemy of the king and gives refuge to the Mekaidas, who settle in Strathnaver and become the Mekais. All right, so that's, here's kind of a cool origin story here. So you see the Mackays settle up there in result of losing this rebellion that they teamed up with the McWilliams on. All right, well, who gets the spot? Well, it's a, one of the people who was instrumental in squashing this rebellion, represent, took the king's side and represented him, was a person by the name of Ferker Mac Antaggart, or son of the priest. So rather than a, a personal surname here, we see, uh, I don't know if you would call it a trade name, uh, but, but maybe, maybe you could think of it like that. So Ferker MacIntaggart, he, takes the he gets now the position of Earl of Ross. Now it's interesting that MacIntaggart, that's an, we talk about the difference between an identifying name, a style, and then a surname. MacIntaggart, that was an identifying name. He was actually the son of the priest. Now, this is here also where we see the, the origin of two other kindreds in Scotland. The MacTaggarts, or which in here in America, I know a family in, in my town here that I live in, and their surname is Taggart, and they've dropped the Mac off the end of it. But this, is, this would explain the origin of where that comes from. So you had the MacTaggarts, but also you see from, from Ferker, Mac and Taggart, the clan Ross, who are descendants from this particular group who were the Earls of Ross. See, the Clan Ross claimed descent from this Ferker MacIntaggart. So there's two, the MacTaggarts and the Ross clan claimed descent from this, this gentleman. And so he, he gets the title Earl of Ross. Now, Ferker MacIntaggart, even though that was his identifying name, his surname was, get ready for it, Obiolon. I think that's close pronunciation, Obiolon. So we see the O, which is kind of interesting because 
Bannerman in the book, in, in the same part that I mentioned before, he says that, quote, Ua was never part of the Scottish experience. He's claiming that they always went with the Mac Mech, which changed to just Mac and went from there and just completely skipped the whole Ua thing that caught on in Ireland. So we're just seeing a style, a preference change in this early, early time period that actually develops down from the top of society, spreads, and becomes just part of the respective cultures. And that's why you don't see the O in Scotland. And now Bannerman, that's kind of an, a big statement. Ua was never part of the Scottish experience. Now he does, I want to I want to mention this in the footnote, he does give an exa- an exception to this. And this is with the original kindred name of the Campbells which was Odunia. So we see the O come in here. So the Odunia, and I'm just going to read to you actually what the footnote says. So I'm quoting now. The clan Campbell, so-called from the second half of the 13th century at least, had what was presumably an earlier style, surname and kindred name, the eponym of which was Dunya. The style and surname normally appear in the form Uadunya and most frequently in a literary and or antiquarian context, which probably also encouraged replacement of an original Mac by Ua. But then he and he also says, for more exceptions, you might also want to check out this uh, work by H. L. McQueen, The Laws of Galloway, a preliminary survey for possible Galloway surnames in Ua. So, so we do see, we do see the a couple of we see the Obiolan earls of that who become that kindred becomes the earls of ross in the far north of scotland with the the leader of that group being at the time ferker and once again ferker obiolan would be his surname or style that his his identifying would be the mac and taggart part and then we also see the campbells coming from Odunia, and I've, and I've actually seen whether they were married a guy who was already a campbell married an Odunia heiress and that's how they could become established in that part of the highlands and i'm talking about around Laha, if you ever look this up on a map and then i'm also talking there also might be more exceptions so two two of the exceptions by bannerman are actually mentioned in in his footnotes and then i'm throwing in on top of that the the obiolan and there's no evidence that that was i mean i on the wikipedia article it says that hey they were an irish family but there's really I've never seen and I've read up on this a little bit there's I, I've never seen any evidence that the Obiolans not any really hard fast evidence that they were they come out of Ireland and if they did it was at a very very early period because we're Ferker MacIntaggart we're seeing him active in the when I mean we're talking about late 11 early 1200s I think second half of the 1100s for sure and so that's pretty early on in this whole surname development a lot of the Scottish clans if you go back to the the certain the Scottish clan origins episode I mentioned there that a lot of the Scottish clans there the names that we recognize today they don't take shape until the mid to late 1200s some later than that now some earlier like like the Macduffs way earlier but the seemed like the the mass of them were right there in the mid 12 late 1200s maybe into the 1300s all right, and I don't want to get too off on a tangent on that. But there, there's kind of an, exa- uh, an explanation of how, why in Scotland you don't see the O surname. I gave you a couple of examples. Now, Obiolan and Odunia, they're, they're not, uh, 
you don't see those names really any any more very much not as major clans and there might be I, I do believe there's some surnames that come out of them like the last name Boland but you see more in Ireland but th that could be Obiolan anyway which might be that tie back to Scotland that, that we really needed to see. But I haven't looked into that enough to really present it with any kind of confidence. So, there you have it. Mac versus O in Scotland. Why don't you see the O in Scotland? Why is Mac so predominant? What's the origin of these prefixes in the Gaelic language context? There you have it. If you have something to contribute to the conversation, something I didn't include, something I left out, um, maybe you're a Gallic scholar and you're listening to this and if so I am flattered thank you for listening and please feel free to help me out with this by going to the Scottish clans Facebook page and and get me straightened out on that if you want to make a Scotland hey I actually uh, you might want to just be nice about it that's all I say not you know like some people are on social media you get on there and they're just rude and and just and, and I'm not saying I've had a lot of that I'm just saying I've seen people who talk to people on the interwebs in a tone that they would not really use face-to-face, -face, not unless they are ready for a fight. So come on there, help. If you, if you got a correction, I'm, I'm open to correction. And if you, you want to ask further questions, maybe something we'll answer in a future episode, please feel free to do that. So once again, that's the Scottish Clans Facebook page, the URL of which is actually facebook.com forward slash clans of Scotland. Also, you can make comments on iTunes in the reviews. I would love it. I'd love, 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 love to see reviews there. Not just the stars. You know, please give me a good, good rating on there. But and I'd love, I'd love that. But the part where you can actually make comments on the reviews, reviews that would be valuable in there and carry on the conversation. I've listened to a different podcast. I'll just put a plug in for him here. I'm into CrossFit, and I listen to Chris Spieler out of Park City, his icon athlete podcast and that's basically how they run most of their episodes is they he and his buddy Doug that they just sit down there and they they just look at the I think they're looking at the Apple podcasts reviews there and they're they're just looking at the comments that are made in the reviews and then they just start talking about stuff and people ask questions in there so that's another viable platform for this conversation to continue so the Podbean app which is the link that's in on the Facebook page that I mentioned earlier, that's actually a link to the Podbean. Either, and I'm speaking specifically if you're looking on a desktop, if you're on an app, it'll probably make you, want, make you want to download and open up the app. But you can leave comments on the Podbean app as well. So I'd love it. I'd love it if you share this with somebody. Just let's continue the dialogue. Let's bring more people into the dialogue. I think the more this spreads, the more knowledge we can start to accumulate, the better this podcast will become and that's I'm just always try, striving to make it better and better but thanks for joining with me today I'm glad you uh, were with me and I hope it's been informative to you but I um, that's all I got for today so until next time I hope you have a great day bye <laughs>